Well, Taylor, the moment has come where the world is going to remember where they were on this day. It's going to be much like the day that people remember where they were when man walked on the moon or whenever the Berlin Wall fell. They're going to remember the day that Taylor and Alex started the Die Hard Razorback Fan Podcast. Yes, sir. I am just so happy to be here, Alex. Thank you again, buddy, and I'm really looking forward to this, so let's get right into it. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and for you guys that um, uh, may have listened to our preview episode, uh, we're here to talk about the Razorbacks. We're here to talk about the Razorbacks uh, for the most part, but then also talk about some things that interest us. Uh, I think how we're going to divide this up um, typically is we're going to have four segments or, or I, I'm, I'm going to call them four quarters. Uh, so, uh, uh, Taylor, I think the first quarter that we're going to do is, uh, going to be current Razorback news. Now, uh, again, you being the diehard Razorback fan that you are, I know you're up to date on a lot of, a lot of Razorback stuff. And I know there's not really a whole lot going on, but I know you're going to fill us in on, uh, on some important things at the moment. So go ahead, Taylor. All right. Well, um, as you know, there's not a lot going on right now due to COVID-19, but um, there's a little bit of things going on, a little bit of stuff going on, like voluntary workouts and recruiting, virtual meetings and stuff like that. And um, we've had a commitment in football recently and I've seen videos of the basketball Fantastic Four working out. So just little things like that. You know, COVID-19 has kind of shut down a lot of things, but that's basically all that's going on is the voluntary workouts and virtual meetings. So I think they're going really well. So let me get your take on, uh, so, uh, you know, we're, we're getting prepped mostly for football season right now. So let, let, let's talk about football real quick. Um, Sam Pittman, what is your opinion of Mr. Pittman? Well, I absolutely love Sam Pittman. Um, he may not have head coaching experience, but I'll tell you what, he has been at a winning program in the Georgia Bulldogs. They're a winning program, and he was the offensive line coach there. So he's been around a winning program, and he, um, is well known for recruiting offensive linemen. He is known as one of the best offensive lineman recruiters in the whole country. So I really think he is gonna do some big things in Arkansas. He was on the staff previously with Brent Bielema from yeah. 2013 to 15. So he has a little bit of familiarity with the Arkansas program. So I'm really excited about what he's gonna do on the hill, man. Well, I would say that he has a lot of familiarity with the Arkansas program because he was raised well well he may have not been raised an Arkansas fan, but he was an Arkansas fan. I know you know he had relatives in Arkansas where, you know, that uh he would come and visit and he would I think that's where he began his love for for, for, for the love of Arkansas itself, but then also for the Razorbacks. I mean, this is his dream job, from what I hear. Uh I think uh I think he's he's got a passion for it for sure, and a passion that I don't think we've seen in a while. We we probably haven't seen this sort of passion probably since two thousand seven, right? Um, in a, in a football coach, anyways. 
Um, so, so that, you know, football, we got, we got some, uh, we got some voluntary workouts. Of course we do. We also have the volunteer workouts with basketball as well. And, you know, for listeners, you know, here, you, you'll probably pick up on the fact that me and Taylor both are, are avid basketball fans, uh, through and through. We, we love football, love the baseball, love all other sports. We love the women's sports. I mean, my goodness, the women's basketball team were ferocious this year, um, uh, ended very well. Um, probably would have made a big run in the uh, the NCAA tournament if they had a chance. Uh, also, our gymnastics team, uh, they've actually got a head coach now that's an Olympic gold medalist. So uh, right there, you know, the future looks bright for them. But, but uh, again, basketball, men's basketball, um, something that me and Taylor are very, uh, very big on. Uh, you you said the Fantastic Four. Yes. I, I, I don't know if I've heard that before, but I, I love it. Um, uh, t- talk, talk about the Fantastic Four real quick. Let's, let's get everybody excited about those if they don't know or already know. Okay, well, um, the Fantastic Four is what they're calling this year's recruiting class for 2020 for Eric Musselman, his first recruiting class. Headlined by Moses Moody from Little Rock, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And then there's Devontae Davis from Jacksonville. There's Jalen Williams from Fort Smith Northside. Right. And then there's Kalen K.K. Robinson from Bryant, Arkansas. Yeah. And I'm just really excited about it because I don't think we have ever had in the history of the basketball program four in-state prospects all committing to the U of A. Yeah, it's it's an exciting time, and it's and it's good to know that the, we've got a, a lot of homegrown talent uh, as well. You know, and and you know it's you know we had a lot of talent on the on the team already. We still do, uh, of course. You know, we we may be losing uh, a few uh, uh, key players, uh, 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 Mason Jones and yep. Isaiah Joe. Yep. Uh, Isaiah Joe, the the sharpshooter. Uh, we can call him but uh um of course you know there, there, there's still a, a slight chance i think i'm holding out hope that isaiah joe might stick around i am um, also but uh but yeah the, the arkansas razorback basketball team i think show i mean i i don't think they've shown this much promise since the late 90s you know uh, as far as as far as the program goes um but uh uh, anyways, Taylor, is there anything else that we're we're missing as far as uh, and uh, guys, we, we apologize uh, due, due to the situation we have right now, and uh, we are uh, we're recording outside, outdoors. So you may hear a random bird or a cricket uh, or airplane. Um, hopefully, it's not going to be too too uh, distracting, but. Um, we're, we're, we're going to deal with it for now. And, uh, as we, as we grow in this podcast, we're going to, uh, figure out some, uh, some better ways to record that they could, uh, well, that, that'll be safe, uh, for us to record, um, uh, you know, with, uh, with everything going on. But, uh, well, with that, um, I think, I, I think we're, you know, we covered our first quarter, Taylor, um, I just had one yep. more thing I'd like to say. I really think that this Fantastic Four is going to be the best recruiting class in the history of Arkansas basketball. That that's uh, that is a bold claim uh, because I tell you, Nolan Richardson had some good good talent over the years. Yes, uh, he did. Um, 
And, uh, but if that is the case, if we do have some really good raw talent that uh, Eric Musselman will be able to mold, uh, we, I mean, that, that much is for sure. Whatever talent he has, he will be able to mold uh, those players into, uh, into better and, and, and uh, very resilient players. So, again, very excited about the Razorback basketball program. Um, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to see some football and basketball this year. Um, right. You know, so uh, that remains to be seen. But you know what? We're still going to talk about them, aren't we? We are. I just yep. really believe that, that they'll be the best in Arkansas basketball history. But we've had some great recruiting classes and great players. But I really think this is going to be the best. And I really believe they have the potential not only to be the best recruiting class in the history of Arkansas basketball, but I believe they can win the national championship this upcoming year. It's, man, anything is possible. Yes. Anything is possible. And uh, we're going to talk about how anything is possible later on, actually, yes. aren't we? Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, okay, so end of first quarter. Yep. Um, doing good here, man. Um, yep. Feeling great. Uh-huh. So second quarter. Second quarter is going to be set aside for a discussion topic. Uh, and, and me and Taylor, we already did this um, already before we started this podcast. We would just text each other, you know, hey, who's, who's like the best – uh, duo in NBA history, you know, as far as, you know, uh, uh, you know, we, and that's going to be a discussion for a later date, of course. Um, you know, we've talked about that. We've talked about our favorite, uh, Razorback basketball player. Um, but we felt like for our first podcast, we should start with something big. Um, and that is our favorite Razorback football game ever. And uh, we have a list of three uh, that we're going to kind of get into detail on. But uh, um, I think we had some honorable mentions as yes, well, we Taylor. Yes, we did. Uh, so uh, wh- wh- why, don't you, why don't you talk about those? Just kind of give a brief uh, synopsis on, uh, on uh, each one of those. And, um, again, you know, one of these might be your favorite. Um, we just felt like they were honorable mention. Um, and then also please know that, you know, Taylor Taylor's 27, I'm 37, so – Realistically, like these are the games that we remember watching live, like either on TV or in person. So if there's another game that you feel like should be in here, well, let us know about it. Um, you know, th- there could be a game from the 80s that we've just totally glossed over because, well, you know, we weren't, we either weren't alive then or we weren't, you know, aware of what an Arkansas Razorback was, what even was. Um, we have a Facebook page. It's entitled the Diehard Razorback Fan Podcast. It's on Facebook, easy to find. Uh, add us, share us, reach out to us. It's going to be a lot funner if you know with this project that we're doing. If people reach out and and share their stories, share their opinions, let's have a discussion. Um, let's have a discussion on these things that we love. Uh, so, anyways, without further ado, Taylor, uh, talk about um, talk about some of the honorable mentions. Okay. Well, the first honorable mention that I have is the 2003 Texas Longhorns game from uh, Austin, Texas. It was called the Ambush in Austin. Yeah. If I remember correctly, and it was in Austin, Texas, and you know Arkansas and Texas are huge rivals. Oh, for sure. So. Arkansas, sure. 
Arkansas was quarterbacked by Matt Jones, mm-hmm. and he led Arkansas to a 38-28 to victory that day. And, I mean, we had some great players. We had Matt Jones, of course. We had Richard Smith, DeCorey Birmingham, George Wilson, Ahmad Carroll. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm sure a lot of people remember remember Matt Jones. You know, that, that, that you know, most of us, we remember the running backs. We remember the, um, the quarterbacks. Of course, these are names that a lot of us probably haven't heard in a while. Uh, so it's very nostalgic to hear you talk about, you know, those those names from the past, uh, for sure. Um, any other honorable mentions? Um, there was the 2012 Cotton Bowl against Kansas State. Um, yeah. I don't know if that one had a nickname like Ambush in Austin, but that was um, Bobby Petrino's final game, yep. which we got to go out with a win mm-hmm. and got to go to Arlington that year twice and got wins in both games over A&M and Kansas State. Oh, yeah, that's Which right. was very nice. And um, we had great players then also. We had Jarius Wright, Joe Adams, Kobe mm-hmm. Hamilton, Greg Childs, Niall Davis, Martrell Spate. Man, you're, you're saying all these names. It's just a flood of memories. And, you know, you said it's Petrino's last game. So, uh, I t- Taylor, never get involved with volleyball players or ride a Harley. No, okay. never. Never, never. I mean, it, it's it's not going to end well, Taylor. No, it's, it's not. not. End well. Um, the only thing it'll do it it'll damage your career, I should say. Uh it, it'll yes. Yes, that much is for sure. Yes. Um, you know, but uh, you know, oh, oh, oh dang it, Bobby, as <laughs> uh, as Hank Hill would say. Uh, so anyway, you know, I, you know, let's just get into this. I mean, there's a lot of honorable mentions, you know, right. that we could go into. Uh, but we, we have a top three. Um, now, this number three, I imagine a lot of people would probably pick as their number one. You know, it's it's a, it's a very storied game. But um, uh, was it, it was 2002. Miracle on Markham. Against LSU. LSU. At War Memorial Stadium. So, yes. Taylor, take us away. Let's Let's talk about this one. All right, well, this was the 2002 Miracle on Markham at War Memorial Stadium. And, of course, as many people may know, that LSU was coached by the one and only Nick Saban, who is now at Alabama, and I believe he's entering his 14th season with Alabama, but he was with LSU at the time. And the thing that I remember about this game was at the end of the third quarter, the score was 17 to 7 LSU. And I remember Craig O'Neill doing an interview on the sideline right at the beginning of the fourth quarter. And he said, Razorback Nation, we are going to come back and we are going to win this game. That is epic, man. And I remember there was a Fred Talley run with about six minutes to go. And Alex, I got to tell you, I don't know if you remember this play. But he broke about 13 tackles, and I thought they could only play with 11 players. So <laughs> yeah. it was just unbelievable. So, so I remember that one. And I, I guess with that, at least two guys from LSU got tore up twice. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. So, so uh, yeah, that was uh, it, such a great game. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, uh, people were leaving yes. the stadium. I mean, it's, it was crazy. 
And so, uh, how did how, how did it end up? How, how did we close things out, man? What, what's right. the recollection? Well, I just remember after the Fred Talley run, of course, it was 17-14. And the next play that I remember very vividly is there was a third and three, and Tony Boo, the outstanding Arkansas safety at the time, yes. was blitzing off the edge, and he makes the tackle and prevents the LSU runner from getting the first down. Now, remember, if he doesn't make that tackle, LSU gets a first down, mm -hmm. they probably go get a touchdown, and they win the game. So by him making that tackle, Tony Bua, he saved the game and forced LSU to get a field goal. And they got the field goal, and it was 20-14. to 14. So I love Tony Bua forever for that one. You know, I love it. I, 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 whenever the game's on the line – uh, you know, of course, you know, scoring a last-minute touchdown or, or kicking a last-minute field goal, yeah, it's great. But i tell you what, I think I love defensive stops more than anything. Yes. You know, if, if – and, and, you know, there's there's another game uh, that we're going to talk about where where we won a game on the defensive stop. But, but yeah, Tony Bua, um, instrumental play in that game that, that, uh, that saved it for us. Right. Uh, for sure. So then there was 34 seconds remaining in the game, and Arkansas comes out onto the field with Matt Jones. And Alex, I got to tell you, he was as confident a kid as I have ever seen. Yeah. He told the guys in that huddle, guys, we can do this. Let's believe in ourselves and let's go get this win. So 34 seconds left. He drops back to pass. He drops back to pass, and he throws the ball and there's 34 seconds and he throws it deep to Richard Smith who dives and catches the ball mm. and he goes down the clock is ticking so that was the first play Matt Jones dropped back and threw it to Richard Smith 34 seconds clock is ticking no timeouts and then this is the play that everybody was talking about he drops back only 17 seconds I believe left and he throws the ball to DeCorey Birmingham mm -hmm. with a guy named Randall Gay right in his face for LSU, who went on to be a first-round NFL draft pick. Yeah. So DeCorey Birmingham goes up, and he makes that play. And Matt Jones made an unbelievable throw. Thank you, Matt. I'll never forget it. And thank you, DeCorey, for making the catch. And yeah. Then the score was tied, and we get the extra point. Mm -hmm. It's 21 to 20, and we get the golden boot, man. Mm, man, awesome. And you know, you know you're talking about that matchup. Um, uh, 99 times out of 100, the, they're probably not going to make that play. Right. But and, and, th and that's exactly why, I mean, you know, the, the miracle on Markham. I mean, that's, that's, why, that's why I got the nickname, uh, for sure. And a thing about that. Uh, Matt Jones, when he dropped back and hit Richard Smith, he actually underthrew Richard Smith, yeah. or Richard Smith would have scored on the first play. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting to point out. And then DeCorey, he uh, he just makes the most amazing catch I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Uh, so uh, the uh, like I said, you know that that's the number three on our list. It may not be. It, it may not even be on your list. It may be number one but uh uh well taylor's the number one diehard razorback thank you fan, Alex. so so i think i think i think he he knows what he's talking about here so 
Uh, so number two, number two is uh, we just go back a year, uh, basically. We go to 2001 uh, to uh, our game against Ole Miss. Uh, now, this game, uh, I don't think there was anything particular on the line except for the fact, you know, we are, we're two SEC West teams, you know, so yeah. we're battling for, for dominance in, the, in, that, uh, uh, in the SEC West. But uh, uh, I guess what's most significant about this game is that it was seven overtimes. Yes. Uh, ridiculous. Uh, and also, uh, we were playing against this uh, this little quarterback. You know, he's uh, you may have heard of him. His name's Eli Manning. Yeah. You know, I think he won a Super Bowl. You know, so. Uh, but anyways, you know that, and, and you know, say what you want about Eli Manning and and the and towards the end of his career. Um, Whenever you, whenever you're an NFL quarterback and you've won a Super Bowl, you are elite. Yes, so, you are. Um, so, and we uh, played against a, a really good Ole Miss team, a really good uh, quarterback, and so, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's boil this down, Taylor. What 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 uh what makes this a great game? Well, um, I just remember it was against Eli Manning. And you remember uh, Ole Miss's coach back then was a guy by the name of David Cut, Cut, Cutcliffe. Did mm. I say that right? David Cutcliffe, I believe? Yeah. I yeah. Think so, yeah. He was, um, he was the coach for Ole Miss, David Cutcliffe, and um, I'll get that name right eventually, but he is now the coach at Duke University. So I just thought that was interesting to point out how it was against David Cutcliffe and Eli Manning, two very – public figures in the football world yeah oh yeah for sure and you know there, there was a uh, there's lots of good players here uh of course you know this was matt jones he was a red shirt freshman yeah this year also had zach clark mm-hmm. uh and i mean there was a lot of people that had to play in this game because like we said it's a seven overtime game um there was there was a fellow in here that that caught a touchdown pass that's usually a defensive end. Yes. Um. Uh. Towards the end. Uh. Who who else am I missing, Taylor? I mean, there, there was uh, a lot, um, lot of uh, Cedric Cobbs. Cedric Cobbs. Yeah. Um. I think um. Uh, Pierce. Pierce. Mark Pierce, Pierce. Yeah. Um. You know, all instrumental in this game. Of course, uh, we have a uh, uh, Hamlin on defense. Hamlin. Yeah. That made some great stops. Um, but what I remember most about this game is that, um, well, first off, it was 17-17 to 17 at the end of regulation. Yes, it was. Right? So, and, uh, and we'll, we'll tell you the final score here in a minute, but it was not seven, it, it, was, it was far from 17-17 seventeen, uh, 17 after seven overtimes. But um, so, you know, we would score, they would score, they would stop us, we would stop them, you know. Yeah. Uh, they would get to a point where we would start going for two-point conversions and, you know, we – some some of them were converted. Some of them we stopped. You know, right. Um, and in fact, I mean that was the difference maker in the game. I I, I remember uh, defense was huge in this game. I remember uh, missed field goals were a factor as well. Um, but uh, but yeah. Uh, so you know we went seven overtimes and uh, and uh, it was fifty eight to fifty six. Yes. Um, you know. Um, they had just scored. Uh, Ole Miss had just scored, and they were trying to do the the two point conversion to tie it up again. And and what Jermaine happened? Petty got the stop. Yeah, man, right there at the two yard line, right? Yes, man, it was. And, and so that's what I was saying earlier, man. Uh, I mean, a touchdown pass uh, 
um, or or a or a, a great run uh, to power yourself into the end zone, or or a game-winning field goal. All are exciting, but man, I feel like it's just as exciting to see just a a hard-nosed defensive takedown or, or stop. You know, especially at the end of the game. It's, right. It's, uh, uh, of course, I mean it won the game in this in this respect. So, again, at the end of regulation, it was seventeen seventeen. At the end of the game, after seven overtimes, fifty eight to fifty six. Uh, very long game. Had to had to really dig deep on our bench, um, our depth chart. Um, I guess it was a good thing that we did have two quarterbacks uh, yes. during this game with you know with Zach Clark and Matt Jones. Matt Jones showed out. I think. Uh, he, uh, he he showed the world that he was a true option quarterback. Yeah. Um, in this game, and uh, uh, yeah, it was great to watch. Uh, anything else that was noteworthy in this game, Taylor? I, I mean, just, I'm sure there was, but I just remember that our guys were exhausted on the sideline. They oh, were yeah. huffing and puffing, pouring water on themselves, mm-hmm. drinking Gatorade, doing whatever they had to do. And I heard one of the announcers say. This is why you run conditioning drills in fall camp. Oh, yeah. One of the announcers actually said that during the game. This is why you run fall camp drills, Mm -hmm. to be in shape for a game like this. Yeah. And when when he said that, I said, said, you know, that's absolutely right. That's why they run those fall condition drills to get ready, because you never know when you're going to have a game goes that long. Oh, yeah. Well, and and, – uh, it, not not to jump too much in, uh, into another sport or whatever, but I think that's what is going to set aside Arkansas in basketball as well. Is because Coach Musselman, uh, he he believes very very much so conditioning is uh, is key. You know, uh, the the best team on the court is usually the one that's in the best shape. I imagine Pittman is. Uh, I, I hope he has that same mentality. Um, you know, going forward. Uh, with, with his team, you know, I'm sure his coaches are going to be putting those guys through the ringer and making sure that they are in tip-top shape. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, so uh, strength and conditioning, um, instrumental in this game, uh, for yes. sure. We had never in the history of Arkansas had a game that went that long. That was the longest in NCAA history. Oh, was it at the yes okay. at the time it was yeah yep. yeah I was about to say at the time I think there had been a few since then that's been longer but um, but yeah another great game we went to Ole Miss we won on their turf kind of kind of icing on the cake there yes too. Uh, so that brings us to number one um, and I I, I got to say um, when when we first started talking about this I think this was just unanimous with both of us. Um, it, you know, I, I don't think it's any uh, secret that you know our bitter rival is the are the LSU Tigers. Um, you know, even even though even though they're you know trying to make a rival with Missouri, I, I still think there's going to be this deep seated rivalry with the LSU Tigers. Um, yeah. And uh, and so it was the 2007 LSU Tiger game. Yes. Um, now this one actually it didn't go seven overtimes, but it did go three. Yes. And uh man, so much to unpack here, Taylor. Why don't you start it off? Okay, well, as many people may know, this was Houston Nuts final game. Yeah. And I remember listening to the pregame speech in the locker room and he was talking about guys just go out there, lay it all on the field, 
Nobody gives us a chance. Mm -hmm. But if you fight like a Razorback and have a Razorback heart, you know, he always said there's nothing like a Razorback fight and a Razorback heart. Yeah. So he said, if you have those two things, we're going to go out there and we're going to win this game. Oh, heck yeah. He he was such a great motivator. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, very inspirational. Um, say what you will about Houston. Uh, you know, he... You know, like I said, this was his last game. He he went out kind of under a cloud of, uh, I don't know. I mean, that, that, there, there was just a lot going on. Lots of people's feelings were getting hurt. Um, lots of things were said. Um, some true, some untrue, you know. Uh, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, and, and I mean, you'll notice most of the games we've mentioned were in the Houston Nut era. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a reason for that. Um guy had passion for for the sport he had passion for uh for the Razorbacks um great coach he he went to bat for his his players uh, which we're going to talk about that later um but uh uh of course uh instrumental players in this game no, number one Darren McFadden yes um Darren McFadden had a heck of a game um uh what yeah uh, uh what were some of his stats do you remember Taylor well, Darren McFadden had over 200-plus yards and three-plus touchdowns, I believe. He had a lot of yards and touchdowns in yeah. this game. Yeah, yeah. And um, and, and, and if, if I remember correctly, he started off kind of rough. Uh, he he also did. Had, he also had a couple of turn – well, three turnovers, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, three fumbles, which uh, – you know, I think uh, towards the end of the game, you know, he had those three fumbles, but then he, you know, he he had come back and scored three touchdowns. Well, and and when he also threw a touchdown, he pass threw to too. Peyton Hillish. Yeah, that's wild. what I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the wild hog there, which was oh man, it's uh, it's uh, again that that the nostalgia uh, factor of 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 you know him lining up behind center and. Uh, and uh, you know the defense just not knowing what what was going to happen. You right. Know? I mean, uh, it was uh, it was truly epic. Uh, so yeah, you mentioned Peyton Hillis. Uh, Peyton Hillis was uh, on the team at the time. Uh, Felix Jones. Um, you know, and uh, lots of folks weren't crazy for uh, for the quarterback at the time, but in this game specifically, was a great facilitator, uh, Casey Dick. Uh, Casey Dick actually. Um, um, you know, he he laid his body out on the line on one play whenever yes. uh, he, he, he threw a pretty mean block uh, for uh, for somebody, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He laid out Chad Jones, the LSU outstanding safety. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and uh, uh, again, if, if y'all have an opportunity, you know, you can easily look up uh, some highlights of this game on YouTube. Um, if you uh, – you know, if you remember watching this game, uh, but then you watch you watch some of that video, it really take you back. Um, so again, yeah, what was what was the uh, the score at the end of regulation um, this game? Um, let's see. I believe it was twenty eight to twenty eight. Okay. All right. So it's twenty eight to twenty eight, and um, and then yeah, we uh, uh, well we go back and forth a couple of times, you know. Yes. Uh, and uh, um. And do you recall? Do you recall uh, what won us the game? Well, I remember LSU had just scored on a pass from Matt Flynn to Brandon LaFell, mm -hmm. and on the very next play, Matt Flynn drops back, and Materell Richardson, 
the Arkansas cornerback intercepts the pass, and we win the game. Yeah, yeah. Again, another defensive stop that wins the game. Uh, um, and uh, in, 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 very, in, in very dramatic fashion as well. You know, I mean, you think, okay, well, they're going to score again, and we're going to go into four overtime. You know, and and then uh, and then that happens, and the game's over. You know, um, but you know, so so there's a lot going on with this game. You know, there's the fact that it's both Houston Nuts' last game as coach, Darren McFadden's last game as a player, um, and then uh, uh, you know he shows out. But then there's the post-game interview. Yes. Uh, so probably one of the best post-game interviews I've ever seen. Uh, but, t- Taylor, man, t- tell us about it. All right, well, Houston Nutt, I'm going to try to quote him on here. I don't know how accurate it'll be, but they said, um, Houston, how did y'all come into Baton Rouge and get it done against the number one team? And Houston said, um, let me think about what he said. Uh, they asked him that question, and he said, um, well, I don't know, but I tell you what, we got a lot of guys with some big hearts. Yeah. All I know is for three hours, for three hours or however long, maybe four hours, we're the best team in the country today. Yeah. And it's offense, defense, and special teams, and some guys like Darren McFadden, baby, I love you. <laughs> I tell you what, Lou Holtz, Mark May, you better put him in the Heisman. I'm tired of him being number three, number four. I want him moved up there. Lou Holtz, Mark May, you better start looking at him a little closer. He's a football player. Heck yeah, heck yeah. And, you know, at the time – uh, I think he was probably number four on the voting. After that, now he didn't win the Heisman that year. You know, a guy, this this I don't know, little pipsqueak out of Florida named Tim Tebow won. <laughs> yeah, you know, but um, that's but why he I was. never root for Florida. <laughs> oh, you got you, you got to love you got to love Tim Tebow. I got to love Tim know? Tebow though. I do. Yeah, uh, but uh, well, I mean, there's. There's so many reasons not to root for Florida, Taylor. We'll, we'll, right, we'll get yeah. into those eventually. But but I love I love Tim Tebow. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but yeah, he was number two in the voting that year. Um, of course he won- he did win the Doak Walker Award twice. I think, I think yeah, he, yeah, that was the second year he won it. So yeah, uh, you know McFadden, you know he got a little bit more love after that, which he should have. Um, yeah. But then you know Houston Nutt being an advocate for his player like that was just really good to see, and um, again just such an emotional time uh you know you know that i mean i think everybody knew that that was probably going to be houston nuts last game just with all the drama going on at the time and and all that um but but you know um i never root for florida but i have i have always loved tim tebow i will always love tim tebow he deserved it actually alex i think he deserved it he he probably did uh well i mean he most definitely did um, you know, I mean, McFadden, great player. You, you know, if 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 it was if it was any other year, McFadden probably would have won the Heisman. Right. You know, um, but uh, but yeah, such a great game, the 2007 LSU game, um, where uh, where uh, you know, we uh, nobody nobody expect us to do what we did, and man, uh. And I actually thought that D-Mac had won the Heisman that day, but Tim Tebow deserved it, and I love Tim Tebow. Yeah, but, right. But he, he did everything he could, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it is what it is. You know, uh, Darren McFadden's still uh, 
still to this day um, probably the most storied running back that we've ever had and uh, probably will ever have for, for a while, I'm sure. And even he uh, said that Tim Tebow deserved it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's get back uh, – Let's get back uh, on uh, on things, and and really, I think that closes out the second quarter, Taylor. Right. Um, so uh, so again, we we're asking y'all what what was your favorite Razorback football game? Uh, was any of ours close to to one of yours? Um, what what which one did we just completely bypass and forget about that we need to? What maybe maybe we need to show some love on a, a future podcast? Let us know. Uh, so we're going to enter into the third quarter. Third quarter is going to be set aside uh, for uh, just basically just anything that we want to talk about that might not be Razorback related. It could be a it could be a professional sport. You know, it could be NBA, MLB, um, uh, NFL sports. Um, it could be uh, something going on with uh, politics. It could be uh, a new movie or a TV show that we're really liking. Um, and, and, and actually, uh, we are going to talk about a movie. Taylor told me about this movie that he watched that he loved, and it just so happened that I had just watched it as well, and so uh, we want to talk about it. Uh, it's a movie called Overcomer. Uh, it came out, I think, last year. It's on. Yeah. You, you can get it on DVD. I think it's on streaming services now. Right. Uh, or that's how we watched it anyways, was on a streaming service. Uh, I think it was on Amazon Prime, perhaps, or Stars. Uh, great movie, very inspirational movie. Um, Taylor, t- tell us about it. Well, Overcomer is about this girl with asthma who runs track, but it's also about a basketball coach named John Harrison who, in the movie, I won't give too much away, but in the movie, he loses his last basketball game. Yeah. And then... He gets asked to coach the track team, and he only has this one girl with asthma, and he's very doubtful about it. So yeah, that's just what happens. He ends up coaching the track team with one girl with asthma. Yeah, it, it goes. He goes from having like one of the best basketball teams in the state to uh, only to, to coaching cross country and only having one athlete. Uh, so super humbling experience for the guy, and uh, and so, like I said, it's a very inspirational movie. Um, gonna try not to give too much away here, but I did want to kind of just read an excerpt um, from from the movie, uh, or a couple excerpts. You know, the, this guy he's a basketball coach, and when he befriends this guy in a hospital, and they get to talking and. They, the guy basically asked this this basketball coach or former basketball coach, "Well, who are you?" Well, he says, "Well, I'm a basketball coach." It's like, "Well, well, what if that's stripped away?" He says, "Well, I'm also a history teacher." And says, "Well, okay. Well, what if they take that away?" Well, I guess you could say I'm a husband and a father. And the guy says, "Well, if God God forbid something happens and something changes that, who are you?" You know, at this point, the guy's like what are you getting at man i mean you know why, why are you giving me a hard time he's like man just just humor me he says well okay well i guess if you boil it down even further i'm a white american male you know okay well you know that's obvious <laughs> you know you can just looking at the guy um so uh, uh is there anything else 
And the guy says, finally, well, I'm a Christian. So he says, okay, good. Now, now we're getting somewhere. Um, it's funny how, you know, that's so low on your list, though. And, uh, you know, it got the guy thinking, you know, well, like, you know, when somebody asks you, well, who are you? Who do you think you are? Um, you know, what's the first thing you identify with? You know, like, you know, we've, we, you know, we're identifying, you know, the fact that we're both Razorback fans. But right. is that is that the most important thing, Taylor? No, it's not. No, I, I, I don't think so either. I think I think what uh, this movie is getting at is that we're we're a lot of things, but I think most importantly is that we, uh, what we put our faith in. Right. Um. And Alex, what was the quote from the girl when she walks into the guy's Well, room? so so I was about to say that. So, you know, the basketball coach, now cross-country coach, you know, he's he's kind of learned a little bit from this, this guy that he befriended the hospital. And he uh, he kind of turns this to on to the, to the girl he's coaching. And, you know, she's going through a lot. And then it, towards the end of the movie, you know, she answers the question. And, uh... She asked her coach, you know, who, who, you know, to ask her the question again. Like, well, who do you think you are? Well, and her response is just crazy. Well, it's, it's not crazy. It's, it's, it's poetic. It's, it's, uh, it's very, very inspiring. She says, I'm created by God. He designed me. So I'm not a mistake. His son died for me just so that I could be forgiven. He picked me to be his own, so I'm chosen. He redeemed me, so I'm wanted. He showed me grace just so that I could be saved. He has a future for me because he loves me, so I don't wonder anymore. I am a child of God. And so, man, I know you said when you watched it, you know, you... Uh, I you, cried. Yeah, you might have you shed a few tears. I know I shed a few tears. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to admit it. Um... You know, I watched this with with my kids too, and uh, they really liked it. And and again, a very inspirational movie. Highly, highly recommend Overcomer. Um, uh, like I said, it's it's probably easy to find. Yes. Out there. Um, and so with that, um, you know, we're gonna. I think we're gonna end the the third quarter, and we're gonna re- head right into the fourth. And uh, you know, the these quarters, you know, I. I'd like to talk more about about you know faith, um, and, and we will. The fourth quarter is gonna is gonna surround uh, faith and and uh, you know what me and Taylor believe and and uh, you know we're, we're we're gonna focus on you know maybe some topics, uh, maybe some some uh, uh, history uh, in the Bible, and then and then also we're we're probably just gonna focus on you know just a particular verse and just you know just talk about it a little bit. And, you know, we've talked so far about, you know, we talked about Darren McFadden, how, you know, he started off that game uh, with three fumbles, and then he he bounced back. He was resilient. Right. Um, and in the movie that we just talked about, Overcomer, there was a girl. She's running cross-country. She has asthma. There's all these things that are stacked up against her. And then yet she 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 finds a way to succeed. Um, and, and, and it's very inspirational. And so, and, you know, we talked about earlier about, you know, you know, you said, you said that you, your, your projection is the Arkansas Razorback basketball team, 
will be making a run in a national title I next year. I believe that next year, yes, sir. And uh, and you know, I said, well, anything's possible. Oh, that's true, isn't it? Anything yes. is possible. Yes. Why? Why is that, Taylor? What 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 scripture in particular do you cite where where uh, where that's the case? Well, I actually have a story about that, Alex. Um, I'm going to go back. You know, we've talked about Darren McFadden. We talked about him losing the Heisman to Tim Tebow. And I want to bring him up Mm -hmm. because I love Tim Tebow, as I said before. But he actually has a scripture. And the scripture that he has, it's on his face, is the one that we're going to talk about. Philippians 4.13. Right. Which says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Yes. And Tim Tebow wears that on his face before every game. I remember that. And, you know, to get back to him, he is a huge Christian. Everybody knows who Tim Tebow is. I love him. But um, yeah. he, you know, he represents his faith in everything he does. And what that scripture is talking about, I'm trying to say, is that, you know, if you have faith, and you believe that you can do all things through Christ, which strengthens you, then God will see you through no matter what you're going through in life. And I bring up Tim Tebow because Tim Tebow does show that faith and I love him for it, but it just shows you if we today show that we have faith in God, we will be able to do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen, Taylor. Amen. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, You're welcome. It's, uh, you, you know, and the thing is, is we, we all have struggles in life. Uh, we're all going through struggles right now as a society, you know, with everything going on. But between pandemic and, uh, uh, you know, uh, racial inequalities, um, you know, there's there's some folks who are hurting more than others when it comes to that, that sort of thing. Um uh, you, you know, but we're, you know, we're going through something right now. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, you Taylor specifically, I mean, you know, you, you've had your fair share of challenges. You know, I do you, have you, my fair share of challenges. Um, and, uh, it, you know, maybe, maybe we can dive into that, um, more, uh, more sometime. Uh, but I mean, you know, that, that scripture that you saw, it's, it's just, I mean, that's, that gives us strength. You know, knowing that that God has our back, you know, it, it gives me strength. I know it gives you strength, too. And it just goes to show you that no matter what you're going through in life, if you believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, he will see you through. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's it's you know, it's it's so good to hear hear you say that, um, um, you know, sometimes we forget that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, it, and it reminds me of a, a verse in Psalm 84, uh, you know, where it talks about, uh, you know, what joy for those who have strength that comes from the Lord. And it's, you know, it's talking about us going or or, or at the time uh, folks going through this uh, valley of Baca and and Baca could be interpreted as the valley, you know, the valley of Baca could be interpreted as the valley of weeping. And um and you know, right now, I mean, you could say that you know we're we're all together in in going through a valley of weeping um, right. with uh, with all the turmoil that's going on in the world right now. And and again, you know, I think I think what Taylor has said, and um, you know, I think 
we we just have to we have to go to God. We have to go to pray. We have to go to Him in prayer. We have to find Him as that source of strength. Um, things aren't always going to go our way, Taylor. But, no, they're not. Um, but when when we have God on our side, I mean, we 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 know we're going to come out on the other end uh, better than what we were. Right, and Tim Tebow proved that he won a Heisman. He won a national championship. So yeah, that's just your faith being played out on the football field. And I love people like him that do that. Well, you know, uh, gotta love people like him. But I, I gotta say, Taylor, we gotta love people like you too. You yes. know, I mean, um, yeah, I'm a, a man of God that's that's uh, that really has a a, a true heart. Um, a, a very, yeah, apologize. I think we got a uh, got some airplanes flying ahead. So, uh, um, anyways, uh, Taylor, um, thank you for sharing that verse. Um, you know, I think it's a verse that we're all aware of, uh, but then you know, it's it's never a bad thing to be reminded of it. No. Um, I think uh, w- w- one of my favorite quotes is from a guy named Deke Slayton. He's one of the um, original Mercury Seven astronauts and. Uh, one thing I remember him saying, uh, or, or he's quoted as saying, is, you know, we're not saying anything new here. We're just saying the same things that we need to be saying over and over again with fierce conviction. Yeah. And um, and again, with fierce conviction, we have to remember and we have to keep on saying that we can do all things through Christ. He yes. who strengthens us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, uh, a great verse, uh, something that we need to be reminded of daily. Um, and, uh, and so with that, um, that closes out the fourth quarter and, uh, essentially this podcast, um, uh, guys, we appreciate you listening. Uh, please, please chime in, provide us some feedback, let us know. Um, hopefully the sound quality on this is gonna, is gonna be better. This is actually the third time that we've recorded this podcast or attempted to. Um, and so, uh, so, uh, uh, we're going to try to get better. Uh, we will get better. Um, and, uh, uh, we're about to close out and I guess there's only one thing left to say, Taylor. Woo pig, baby.